Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great Four Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out fourrideradio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. It's time for our yearly podcast of uh, a Jedi, a Sith, and an Ewok. And, who exactly uh, is who? Uh, well, we originally, well, originally when we started the podcast, which was with two other people, my sister was supposed to be the Ewok. Uh, I believe I was the Jedi, and I think Clay was the Sith. But Typical. Now, they, they have left, so uh, you guys can pick whatever you want. Um, well, obviously everybody wants to be the Jedi, but I will go ahead and defer to you guys. Um, you guys pick, and I'll take whatever's left. If that makes me Ewok, then that's fine. I would. I would actually have to rename. I would rather rename the podcast to instead of Ewok to to Wookie, because then you could be the Sasquatch Wookie. So. Oh. I can't do the sound right now, but uh, yeah, yeah, all right. So, but uh, uh, well. We have a year to figure that out, so until the next Star Wars movie. I'll be the Ewok. I'll be the Ewok. You'll be the Ewok? Yeah. Well, Eric, it looks like you get your wish of being the Jedi, because I'll probably be the Sith, because we all know how bitter and evil I am. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And stuff. Hey, who who are you guys? I don't even know who you guys are. Oh, yeah, we should probably introduce ourselves. Uh, I don't know who's taking over. Oh my gosh, this is going out great. Hey, I'm Matthew. There we go. And I'm Steve-O. And I am Eric. You probably remember me from such podcasts as Socially Awkward. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. The internet's memory is very short. Uh So weird not, like, seeing you guys. Yeah, I'm so used to going off of that and reading off of things, but Eric doesn't have a uh, camera, so we're just going to have to play this by ear. But uh, uh, as we all have hosted stuff before, anyone wants to feel like they want to take the range, uh, you know, rings on this one and maneuver this. Uh, the reins? The reins, the ring. I don't know. This is why I don't. I thought this was a gymnastics routine and somebody had to take the rings. Um, somebody else has to get the beams. I'll take those uneven bars. I like those okay, uneven bars. I'm taking the pummel horse. Don't even talk about the pummel horse. That's mine. <laughs> okay, oh, I can't yeah. be comic gold all the time, guys. I had two good ones this morning with uh, the holy, you know, holy crap, or the holly crap, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, the can- and the shit camera thing. So. Oh, that's just that's just your typos on the daily, dude. I know, but. <laughs> So, yeah, we're getting together. We did this last time with uh, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And now we've got the first uh, of what I anticipate to be many, uh, many and many side Star Wars movies coming to canon for us. Uh, We're talking about the newest one, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, yeah. Um, it was badass. I was I was super excited and really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, um, I would have to say one of my, my favorite parts about this movie, I'm not even jumping into the movie yet because we will talk about that, but after seeing the uh, trailer and then watching the movie and then going like, oh, the trailer kind of gave you a little bit of a fake out. Mm. Where, yeah, well, there's, I heard there was like a bunch of scenes in the trailer that weren't in the movie. Yep. So, yeah, yeah there are. Did you, did you guys see that, that story online? Well, I guess uh, from what I understand, they had to do some reshoots at some point. And so some people are speculating that the reshoots uh, were for some of the scenes that ended up in the trailers. And okay. other people just think that it's just a matter of they took all of the footage they had and used that to cut together the trailer. And they chose specifically to use stuff that maybe they even knew at the time of the trailer was not going to be in the film. Um, or they just didn't know whether or not that was going to be in the film yet or not. Um, but yeah. they used it for the trailer because you can do that if you want to. <laughs> and it uh, makes it it makes it special. I, I was disappointed by one particular line from the trailer that wasn't in the movie because it was kind of uh, iconic. And I really felt it was like it, it was that moment in the trailer that gave you the goosebumps. So when yeah. I went through the whole movie and it was wasn't that? there. Um, when they turn, when she turns around and says, uh, "Well, this is rebellion, isn't it? That's what I do. Oh, I rebel." Yeah. And she never said that in the movie. It's like, wait, wait, but, but she's a rebel. That's the whole point, dude. Uh, good point. <laughs> yeah, they made like such a, uh, they like brought down the audio and like made it like her face all centered on the screen, like in the trailer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just her speaking, and they made it all epic. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. I yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I didn't even. I didn't even. Rem- yeah, I, I, I was like, yeah, that wasn't in the movie. And then I didn't think it was. Now, great, Eric, you've ruined the movie for me now. <laughs> Never mind. This movie sucks. I, I changed yeah. my mind. <laughs> I changed um, my mind altogether. No, I think. Hey, it, uh, what did you guys think about? Okay, so the movie starts, and you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And we didn't get the scroll. Well, I knew that was coming because I had read that there was not going to be a scroll. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised that we did get the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, I didn't even think they were going to do that. Mm. Um, did you guys think, and let's just probably preface everything from this point forward is going to be spoilers. Like I know we're going to put that in the title. We're going to put it in the description, but just in case somebody just turned this on and started listening, thinking we were going to give a spoiler free review that ends now. Yeah. (laughs) That Um, ends right now. Turn us off, go watch the the movie. Spoiler free review was it's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers. It's a good movie. Go watch it. Um, and then come back. It deserves your money and listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing I did notice, so so right at the beginning, you do get the Lucas films, you know, I start getting goosebumps immediately when I see that, and then you get the a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. You're and then hard. instead of mine did. Boom, going into what's that? Oh. What, who who got hard? Matthew says Matthew says like your dick gets hard. Oh, and yeah, it, yeah. I to, yeah. <laughs> Of course. Um, and this is before Felicity Jones is even on the screen, surprisingly enough. Um, right, right. Keep on going, man. Yeah, Ooh. man. Get my keep, card. Keep, keep, yeah, keep talking in my ear right now. Oh, yeah. So we get the long time ago in Galaxy Far, Far Away. What we yeah. don't get is the crawl and that boom opening fanfare because this movie was not scored by John Williams. We do get a little bit of his classic score in there somewhere, but that's the one thing I noticed right off the bat. hints of it throughout the movie. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely definitely callback melodies that they included, which was awesome, but we did get a fresh new score, and the score was amazing. The score Mm -hmm. was great. Um, there There were times when I noticed it, and that's usually a bad sign. 
like if I'm noticing the score, it usually means it's not fitting in with the with the movie perfectly. Ooh, and so there were just a couple of moments um, where I just noticed, and I was like immediately taken out of the moment for just a second to be like, ah, they should have they should have gone ahead and sprung for John Williams for this. But wow. other than uh, that, that's an interesting take. Other than just a couple of moments, specifically, I noticed when they were on the beach. There was a there was this part where they were on the beach near the end of the film that I just the score just stood out at that moment for me and not in a good way. The rest of the time I thought it was great. The guy did a good job, um, but it wasn't John Williams. I mean, it's just not on that level, and uh, it's hard to be on that level because John Williams is is John Williams. So <laughs> what are you gonna do? He's a legend. We're gonna get John Williams, uh, you know, kind of, you know, second in command here, Willie Williams. Willie Williams. Willie Williams. Um, I got well, this, guys. I gotta ask you this though, guys. That opening, so you get that, you get the the score starts, and then instead of a crawl, we go straight to a space scene. But what yeah. we're seeing right at the beginning are the rings of a planet. Uh-huh. Did e- either of you feel like they were kind of giving a little callback to the scroll in the way they showed those rings at first? I, I did, and it took my mind a second to realize what I was looking at. It, it was um, almost as if you're seeing the underside of one of, of another movie's scroll, like just well, the, the way color, they did the it. The color of it too was kind of disorienting. I yeah. was like, "What?" And then then it clicked, and then, you know, obviously it pans out. Um, but yeah, I I see the 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 kind of call to that. Yeah, I, I wonder if that was intentional or if that was just something that you know my brain thought of because I was, you know, thinking in, in, in analytical terms at that point, I hadn't enveloped myself into the film yet. So I was still thinking (laughs) more than I usually do when I'm watching a movie. I'd say either way, if they, if they did, were smart enough to throw it in there, like good on them, Disney magic, holy cow. Um, or if it wasn't, it was your brain just kind of picking up on that. Like good on you for thinking that, like, uh, hearing it now, like I totally, like envision what you're talking about so um yes dude awesome (laughs) what about you steve did you get that sense at all from that opening Uh, or did it just not no no nothing none of that kind of registered because like i immediately kind of took this film as a you know there it is a star wars film it is supposed to be right before you know a new hope like Um, immediately before like five minutes before (laughs) yeah it's uh it's that was i will get to that that was actually pretty ingenious but meaning like kind of going in going like i think they're also trying to be like okay let's do almost like it is a standalone film just to give you this background because that's their plan throughout the next you know i don't know how many years they're going to be doing this but you know we're going to get the next episode eight next year but then the year after that i believe is the you know the young han solo thing is the han solo yeah han solo film. so yeah. they're going to keep like being like okay so you guys know this story that you're going to be sticking with but we also want to throw in some new stories and be like yeah it is part of this universe but it's also its own kind of you know entity so I, I actually did kind of enjoy that with Rogue One of not even like you did see hints of like, oh, Star Wars story. But I actually did really enjoy that. The fact that it was like it's its own like story, you know. Yeah, it could easily have fit in like the quality of the movie. That that was my my biggest concern going in was a OK, Disney is doing this. Are we going to get kitty friendly, uh, you know, gumdrop version of Star Wars um, and, uh, you know, why is it that they're not willing to call this an episode? You know, is it just because of the timing or is it really going to be of such lower quality than Force Awakens that they they didn't feel it deserved an episode title? And that was not the case at all on, on any count. Um, if you went into this expecting a, a gumdrop version of Star Wars, you, you got your uh, eyes opened up pretty damn quick there. 
Yeah, uh, especially right in the beginning with that. It's like, I mean, the funny part is it's like you see, uh, you know, uh, trying to not so much relate it to A New Hope or anything like that, even though it's literally like right before A New Hope. But like you get to that, you know, the very first planet like we're talking about and like, you know, Luke's planet, you know, was Tatooine, just desert, kind of dismal. And you're like, oh, nothing could get more dreadful than that. And then you would arrive on this planet. It's all everything's (laughs) like black. And just like it, it's like this is supposed to be a farm, but it looks like nothing's growing. You're just like, oh, this is really dark, you know. Like well, he had the moisture farming apparatus, uh, similar yeah. to what uh, Beru and Ben had. So um, that that planet definitely didn't look as dry. It looked kind of you. It reminded me of Ireland at dusk, is what it reminded me of. It was. It looked like there was some green there, but it was hard to see because of the time of day that we were seeing. But um, it definitely looked rainy and kind of dreary, and and that was on purpose. Um, yeah, you know, they had the wind going and and everything. So um, um, now that it it was definitely, um, if you were expecting expecting happy go lucky, um, you you make they made sure right at the beginning that that is not what you were going to get. I, um, yeah, I will. I will say this to people who have seen the movie. If you're still listening to this, haven't seen this movie. Uh, this movie is not. Uh, this is this is uh, not a. Ha- I mean, it's got some good scenes in it, but it's really it's really not a happy. Uh, uh, things do not bode well for people in this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, it, and at what point did you make the realization that? Um, None of these characters are ever mentioned again in any of the following movies, so every last one of them is technically expendable. Right. So at what point during the movie did that click and you think, oh, shit, they're fucking all going to die? <laughs> um, I, uh, my, I feel probably really dumb because uh, I think I was so in, in, engrossed in the movie and everything that I really enjoyed it. It wasn't until almost like literally the end of the movie where You're like, shit, are they really killing like, all these people? Yeah, really hitting the fan. I'm like, oh, how are they going to get off? I'm like, oh, they're going to, they'll get off the who's, planet. Who's going to get them? Who's going to get, wait a minute. And they just realized like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. He, oh, no. He's, oh, he, oh, he's not making it. Oh, uh, ooh, okay. Uh, ooh, uh, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, I. I, I, I think yeah, I caught on a little bit earlier because it really hit me. Uh, when the wall of destruction was about to hit Sagrera, and I realized, oh, shit, oh yeah, yeah, they don't need this guy going forward. And then, oh shoot, they don't need any of these people going forward. Oh, uh, well, the rest of this movie is going to be sad. When they were doing like their military briefing, like it was brought up that you know this is basically a suicide mission. So um, yeah, that's why most of the council you yeah. know, didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like how dark they got with the character development on this, though. Um, Cassian's character. You see Cassian at the beginning. Um, you know, he's got to get away from some Imperial forces. He's got this guy who is a, a, a confidant or an informant or something like yes. that, giving some information. But he's he's hurt. He can't get away. He's going to get them both caught. Yeah. So he just kills him. He just, like, he feels bad about it, you can tell. But he does what he has to do so that he can get the hell he out of there. He had to do it, yeah, for sure. Um, In the back alley, yeah. And that yeah, comes that up, is, you know, you really get the impression that that is not the first time by a long shot that he's had to do something uh, like that for the rebellion. Um, and that's, you know, later on when we find the, his motivation for you know, going against the, the council and going on this suicide mission anyway. It's like, you know, I have to be able to live with what I've done up to this point. 
And if we and give up now, he's an intelligence officer. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that's a, that's some like, pretty dark character de- development. And so, once again, good job, Disney, for not Disneyfying that. Because that is definitely not something you would typically expect from something under the Disney franchise. No. But it's something that the Star Wars franchise definitely could use. Yeah, which uh, is, I mean, if you think about it already, Disney having, you know, just made two movies so far, these have already been, like, so much better than, you know, the prequels that we got. Oh, yeah. So I think it's just funny how everybody was really like, oh, Disney's going to ruin it, and now everyone's like, yeah, Disney's... Actually, maybe Disney Disney knows what they're doing. Maybe they're a billion-dollar company with their their track record has been stellar. (laughs) Yeah, you have the Disney Even look at the other, like, Marvel franchises and stuff, like... Yeah, uh, I think we're in good hands. So yeah, settle down, people. Let's let's get. Yeah, it's yeah. like I think Disney's. A, it's like has Disney gone bankrupt or anything? No, I, let, let them do what they want to do, uh, kind of thing. Um, yeah, but going back, uh, going back to like just that opening scene of everything that's going on. Uh, one thing I was really excited for, even though I saw it in the trailers, mm-hmm. everything that. But when uh, the general dude kind of like you know lands and his troops come out and it's all like black stormtroopers i thought those were like the coolest things in the world well they're called death troopers and they gotta be cool you can't be you uh... can't be a death trooper and be a pansy it just doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) you can't be a death trooper and shoot like a freaking (laughs) stormtrooper yeah that was the other thing uh so so something must have happened between that time frame between that and a new hope because a lot of stormtroopers were killing people you know i actually saw a fan theory on reddit about this and it, it seems it, it sounded actually quite interesting to me. Um, they pointed out that the stormtroopers throughout Rogue One seem to be able to pretty much hit their mark 90 percent of the time, especially yeah. the death troopers. The moment that changes is when um, the blind guy, uh, his name is escaping me, Sherut, Sherut, Sherut. I can't. I, the, when the blind cat just starts walking through the field of fire reciting his mantra i want yeah. for- yeah, to right. force and the force Sh- is with me Sharut. 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 imwi 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 so he's, he's walking through this battlefield blasters firing everywhere just reciting his mantra you know i'm one with the force and the force is with force, me i'm one with the force with and the force is with me, with me. Yeah. and they they miss him completely like while he's doing that and so the theory that has been presented is that at at that moment in time Something happened within the force to to switch over basically to make the force that realize in its uh, non sentience whatever that oh these guys are the good guys we maybe need to you know so the the force is actually at work not on an individual force level is a force and not midichlorians <laughs> yes oh the damn midichlorians no never midichlorians. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so the the theory is that at that moment there was a shift in the force in general that turned it slightly against the empire, and so from that point forward, stormtroopers had a hard time hitting their mark, and, and that goes forward a, through I the sense entire series. Disruption in the force. And yeah, so I, I think like, it's just wrong. Something wrong with my sight on this damn gun. <laughs> like I swear, I'm pointing right at it. What the hell, man! I like that. I, I like that fan. That fan. That fan. Uh... Theory. Theory. <laughs> yeah, that's actually interesting. I didn't think about that. Actually, that was one big thing I really did enjoy about Rogue 
one is like you know like of course it's like the jedis are all gone except for you know a few or whatnot but actually like the fact that they didn't really they didn't have to really focus on the force in this movie you got to got to kind of see how people could hold their own without you know that kind of power and jedis and yeah you really only see one person who is a straight up force user Mm -hmm. right um that's Sharut. No, no, I'm not even talking about Sharut. <laughs> um, talking about Vader. Oh my God, that was. <gasps> yeah, well, I don't yes. want to touch on that just yet. We still got more movies. To talk um, about, but, but yeah, yeah, Sharut we'll is. Uh, he he's he knows about the Force, and most likely he's tuned into it, but he's not actively. He's not using like Jedi powers. He's yeah. definitely tuned into the Force. Obviously, he was able to sense that she was wearing a kyber crystal around her neck. He was able to. He's mm-hmm. able to. Um, you know his hearing is so enhanced that he can uh, basically see, even though he's blind. Um, you know, kind of Daredevil style by being able to hear things. And I think they even showed at one point he like sniffed, and he was like judging where someone was based on their scent and everything. So yeah, there's definitely some force action at work, but I don't think it's the same as just straight up like I'm going to reach my hand out and move that thing. What do you think of the performance by? Uh uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? M- Mids McKillinson? That Yeah, his name is so weird. Mads? He played Felicity Jones, who, which was Jay. Or yeah, he yeah. played uh, he played Galen Her- Urso, the, yes. the, the Imperial science officer who was the chief designer of the uh, Death Star's main weapon. And um, he was also, I love that actor. He was uh, Le Chiffre in uh, Casino Royale. Yep. He's also Hannibal in the uh, television series. The television Hannibal Lecter in the in the television series Hannibal. Uh, great actor. Really like him. He's also just in uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. Yeah, he, he was the yes. villain in he Doctor Strange. He was the bad Strange, guy. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I, liked, I liked his stuff in this movie. It was like... Um, he, he was he really was like fantastic. bad guy, he really but like he was... You know what I mean? He, like, he was conflicted because it's his daughter and... Yeah, um, he, you he, could see him go through a, a change. You know, you saw mm-hmm. what he thought he believed in um, as far as the Empire. You know, the Empire talks a good story. It's it's very much like communism. is. It's, it's great in theory, but when it's in practice, then you realize, oh, well, their methods leave a little bit to be desired. Um, the idea of having peace and unity throughout the galaxy is, is great. Um Doing so by ruling by fear and killing anyone who opposes you outright is not as great. And that's why we, you know, some people still like the Empire because they, they only see the good side of it. And that's kind of where we're at with him until he's tasked to build a weapon that can destroy an entire planet. And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no good can come from this. <laughs> Which actually I thought was actually what I really liked about uh, some of the stuff with the Death Star this time around was the fact that we always got to see a planet get blown up from, you know, the Death Star's perspective and actually being on the planet and seeing the destruction it does. Yes. I thought was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like their, their first like kind of test where they just take out the uh, um, like the Rebel City. Yes. It's just like this. <laughs> atomic bomb a bomb wave of just like holy shit yeah like, yeah and that was only at like 20 percent power or 60 percent power or something they said yeah it was um i, I don't remember the exact uh, percentage but yeah it was it was a single reactor 
fire is what what they yeah. what they kept saying is like single reactor ignition, um, and I don't know how many reactors they have in total. I forget, but um, I think it's like three. Yeah, it's probably like yeah, it's three, like three or four, three, three four, give or take. I mean, it's a big place. They need a lot of they need a lot yeah. of stuff. They need a lot of space. You um, can't just know. <laughs> well, and then we have the the comic relief of the film, and that is our boy. I know this is Eric's dude, K two S O. Oh my gosh, I love this guy. He's my That's new my, favorite droid. Oh. Sorry, BB eight. You're still fantastic. You're still way up there on the list, but K two S O takes the prize. Um. That was the was saddest death in fun. the film for me. <laughs> I was like, no. Uh, I, yeah, some of the lines he had in that movie were great. Just all like, you know, you guys are making a lot of noise for just two people. <laughs> well, I feel like he is kind of like a similar type of character, like uh, um, <sighs> Guardians of the Galaxy, Drax. Uh, right, yeah, like very... very uh, um, where they just say what's on their mind. Yeah, like that's what they said. They said he just says whatever comes into his circuits. I also yeah. feel he's a little bit like Marvin, the depressed robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because he he always is a little bit down on himself as well. Like, um, um he just he kills me though. <laughs> Why does she get a blaster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or uh, when uh, when the one droid shows up and she shoots it, he's like, "Did you did, did you, you know, know that, that wasn't me?" me? <laughs> yeah. She's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Or the, what happens if the shield doesn't open? Well, then uh, we hit the shield and die in the vastness of space. Well, you guys do. <laughs> I can survive in space. Yeah. <laughs> so it has a little optimism to himself, of course, for this game. Well, I love when, like, they're, she's, like, they're breaking people out. It's all like, and she goes running out and grabs her, slams her down to the ground. It's like, we're rescuing you. <laughs> that's that's yeah. our introduction to him. <laughs> just, yeah. Boom. You're being yeah. rescued. Uh, which is funny on a non-related, well, a little bit related note. I, I stopped off at GameStop afterwards, and I saw the uh, pop vinyl they they have of him. So mm-hmm. I want to, I got to pick one of those up. Oh, I uh, might, I might have to, uh, I might have to do, I might have to get one of those too, because I, I don't normally. In fact, actually, all of the pop vinyls I have have been given to me. I haven't actually purchased one, with the exception. I mean, technically, the one that I got from Loot Crate. I guess I did purchase, but I didn't specifically purchase it. It just came in my Loot Crate. Yeah, um, that's one that I might just buy outright but uh yeah no so uh love the character did not realize the character was voiced by uh alan uh from you know uh firefly and a bitch ton of other stuff he's been in so i was just like holy crap anything jj abrams has a hand in uh alan will have some kind of part in as well and even though jj wasn't directly involved in this you know he's obviously involved in the star wars universe right now with with disney so um, um yeah, yeah he did but, a fantastic yeah, I think job. I, I, the one thing i do have to say i don't think there was any character that i did not like in this movie uh there wasn't anybody that i outright didn't like um there is like, one I, character that like, i thought you know, was I hate, go ahead like hate the villains and stuff like that i mean like everybody who played their character i thought did a very good job you know i the one um the one thing that stood out for me, well, there, there were two two things that stood out in the entire film for me as being not quite as good as everything else. And I'm not saying bad, because the whole movie was fantastic and I enjoyed it thoroughly, even with these things. But these are the two things that stood out to me as being not quite as great as the rest of the film. And that was, uh, first of all, Forrest Whitaker. I thought he overacted quite a bit in his part. 
as Saw Gerrera. Now, granted, I've never seen any of the comics or uh, animated series that have featured that character, so I have no backstory on this character other than what's in this film. I understand right. that he's in, I believe, Rebels. Um, so there may be, like, he may have been playing the part perfectly in compared to that cartoon, but just from a perspective of somebody going into it not knowing that character except for this film, it seemed a little over the top. <clears throat> and this is, you know, a Star Wars movie where everybody's overacting a little bit, and he was over the top of all of that. Uh, and not to the extreme to where it, like, took me out of the film or anything, but just it was noticeable. Um, his part kind of reminded me of, like, King Louie. From the Jungle Book, if that makes sense at all. Yes. Um, yeah, he was like, one? I'm here. Look it, at me. Like, Everybody look at me. Yeah, exactly. Like, grand old entrance. Like, he was, you know, he was all old and ratty, can hardly fucking breathe and shit. He's got wooden legs and crap. I mean, metal legs. Um, but... Somebody made the comparison to him being basically the the good guy's version of Darth Vader. Even though he wasn't technically a good guy. He wasn't, you know, he was an offshoot of the Rebellion, but he was on the... Yeah. He right. was against the Empire, you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of situation. He's a good guy, but... Um, I, I think he's more of the poor man's version of the Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, that's absolutely true. He's a, he's a rebel. He's a resistance fighter. He uh, does not have access to the funds and technology that Darth Vader has. But you see that he's, you know... And even... I, I think he made a mention at one point of him being mostly machine or more machine than man. It, like, it was almost identical to the I line when they were talking... <laughs> exactly. It, it, was, it was almost <laughs> identical to the line used to describe Vader in the original trilogy. Um, but obviously it's, it's on a budget. You know, these are cobbled together parts. He doesn't have a face mask that he can wear all the time. He's just got it attached to a, a thing and he has to put it up to his mouth to, to breathe out of it. But even when he does, you get that type of situation going on. Um, he's a baller on a budget, <laughs> but, uh, I just, I felt for the amount of character he was trying to exude, we didn't yeah. have enough backstory on that character to warrant that. Maybe that's what it is for me. And, and again, I maybe somebody who has seen the the Rebels series would disagree. I don't know. Right. Have, have either of you guys the, uh, been invested? What was in that the other all? character? And the other thing was <sighs> CGI Tarkin. Oh, we got to talk about CGI Tarkin for a bit. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the CGI in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> like. When he turned around, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, here we go. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah, it's like... <clears throat> it was almost like I was... Like, somebody turns around, and you're like, ooh. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, fuck, I just fucked up right now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, dude. So I'm kind of hoping with that, with the technology, because uh, Peter Cushing, they brought pretty much back from the dead, uh, they could do the same thing with uh, uh, Christopher uh, Lee, and they could bring back those old school uh you know uh hammer horror films with those two uh where he played dracula and he played uh uh van helsing yeah i I think the technology is there to do a fully cgi movie of people and you probably wouldn't notice it too much however i went and saw this movie in the movie theater on one of the uh we have cinemark out here in Ohio, we don't have Harkins. Uh, so those of us listening out in Arizona, um, you know, Harkins and AMC are the big ones, and there's only a couple of Cinemarks. Here, like, yeah. every damn theater is a Cinemark. Uh, and Cinemark has their XD, which is essentially the same thing as Harkins' uh, Cine Capri. It's the wall-to-wall, ceiling-to-floor, huge screen, not quite IMAX-sized, but still bigger than average 
uh, movie theater screen. Uh, great sound, great great seating and, and everything. And um, they have the reserved seats. So I was able to buy my tickets three days before and be able to be like, I'm going to be right here in the middle, right where I want to be. And I don't have to wait in line for it. So it's fantastic. But on that big screen next to real people in 4K, high definition, whatever it is, you can still tell. Oh, yeah. If everybody on the screen was CGI, it would be like, okay, it looks a little weird, but I can can get down with it. But with it being, with him standing right next to real people in that high a definition on that big a screen, it was glaring. And I don't think they needed to do all that. They could have. I mean, done I appreciate it. the effort. Oh, I, I, I do. And I, like it was, it was rad to see him in there. But and whoever like, was doing his uh, voice um, was fantastic too, did, because yeah, I, I couldn't tell the. Voice I was like, yeah, it was spot on. I was, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was somebody actually doing his voice, or if they just literally grabbed a bunch of like sound clips and just kind of threw them together. I doubt they would have enough to. He had a lot of dialogue. He had more dialogue. Yeah, he had more screen time in this movie than he actually did when he was later. Did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he had enough. I think, no, um, um, I think they could have gotten think, away with doing it with you because when they first pull up to him, they show his reflection on the right? on the window. I'm like, okay, that's fine because in the reflection, it can be a little bit off. It doesn't have to be perfect, and it's fine. Then you turn around. I'm like, oh, they didn't really need to go that far. Like they could have done mm-hmm. the majority of this through him talking to the other guy via hollow communication because then it wouldn't yeah. have looked weird for it to be CGI. Um, he could have done it in a variety of different ways. So all I got from this was Eric just hates CGI people. <laughs> it's not that I hate them. I just when it's directly uh, next to real people, you can just it's it's so glaring that it does take you out of the moment for for a second. And they used him so much. Like if it was just one single shot, like they did with Leia, you know, we got one shot of CGI Leia, and she wasn't next to any other real people. So it was okay. Um, that was fucking crazy. See, I mean, it was cool, but I was already biased because we had Moff. And, I, like, she turned around. I was like, ah, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> I mean, it was cool seeing her. At least they had the real person for the voice on that one. Yeah. On the bright side. I just think I was already in the mindset. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just felt they could have handled it better. You know, they, they had the option to, we know that they use hollow communication, so we could have seen him in just blue light and that would have been fine in CGI. Yeah, that would have would have been, would have been fine. Or if they'd have stuck with him, if he'd have just not turned around, if he'd have just been talking to the guy, like, while looking out the window. And that would I even fit the character, because like the, the character can't be bothered to turn around and look at you when he's talking to you. He's just going to tell you what to do and tell you that he's taking over your crap without even looking at you. I was so baller, though, with that. He's just like, yeah, well, this is a great thing you made, but fuck you. It's mine now. <laughs> yeah, so. He's like, <laughs> yeah, this is a nice Death Star you've built. It would be a shame if someone took it from you. Oh, wait, what What are you saying? What are you saying? Well, <laughs> I have it now, motherfucker. So. <laughs> Bitch, it's mine. Oh, okay. Speaking just, of like, cheesy lines, he just though. He drops the mic and walks out of the room. Everyone's like, <laughs> he was like, I didn't even. When did he get a microphone? Did he bring that in with him? Yeah, I think I think he just had that. DJ Moth. <laughs> wiki, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, gonna steal your death star. Gonna steal it up nice and good. Peace. But uh, uh, so, so speaking of taking the Death Star away, we do have to talk about uh, Orson Krennic, or uh, Director Krennic, the, the, the man who Tarkin took the Death Star away from, the man who we see at the yep. very beginning of the film. Uh, Director you know, of Advanced Weapons Research. And yes. white capes. 
<laughs> he loves that white cape. He's like, it's raining. Yeah. I don't care. I'm wearing the cape. It's really, really windy. <laughs> it's going to be like sticking to your legs and stuff. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's also very. It's it's raining right now. You're going to get it really. Ru- I mean, it's, it's is that leather? Suit. Like you don't want to take that out in the rain. Shut up. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it dry cleaned. <laughs> it's fine. I've got twenty of these things. <laughs> All the death troops are like, yeah, half the missions we go on is to dry clean this shit. What did you say? Nothing. I said kill droids. Uh, Roger, Roger. Uh, <laughs> um, I liked this uh, this actor's portrayal of this character. I thought that really captured um, this guy was a little bit nuts, but not to the extreme. He wasn't like out there crazy. He was just he was crazy ambitious. Mm-hmm. And he, he just wanted to, to move up. He was wanting to move up and uh, be in more control, more power. Um, and we see at one point him uh, try to try to get that power from the wrong person, try to go over Tarkin's head directly to Vader. And it doesn't go very well for him, as I recall. Um, as far as I can recall, nothing very, went very well for this man. I mean, <laughs> think about it. In the very beginning, he gets shot in the you know in the shoulder. In the shoulder, yeah. Uh, then he gets his toy taken away. Then he's like, you know what? Fine, I'm telling. And then, <laughs> and then <I'm> telling. <laughs> I'm telling. Uh, Darth, yeah, did not bow well. He for took that my Death Star. Yeah, he took my Death Star. And then literally, Darth Vader was just all like, "You really are going to come to me with these little piss ant little fucking problems?" So you want problems? I'll give you problems. How's your breathing you hand? How, how are you handling breathing right now? What's that? Having a problem? I um, can't breathe. <laughs> so do, do we want to talk about that scene yet? I thought it was pretty cool. The, I mean, we're uh, jumping uh, all over the place. We're definitely not going yeah, in chronological I, order. <laughs> uh, we're not. Yeah, we can talk about Darth Vader. Okay, so did anyone, Darth Vader. Did anyone else get a weird correlation where, like, the planet that they he goes to visit Darth Vader is like the almost like the lava planet from Episode 3? It's a little bit. Um, it's that's the mine, isn't it? Where they were trying to, yeah. or the, the refinery. Yeah, I, it was either the mine or the refinery. Is something they were doing with the Kyber crystals, so they need they probably need that heat. So it's, it's probably a, a whole geothermic thing or some science words. Um, Eric, just say it. it's magic. Anyways, it's, um, oh, it's magic. It's, uh, yeah, uh, him just being in that tank before he comes out. I thought that was pretty yes. like, badass. Yeah, see him in the back cool. to tank. You see some more CGI because we have uh, basically the the version of Vader that you see at the end of Jedi when he takes the helmet off, and suddenly it's yeah. neither David Prowse nor James Earl Jones. And you're like, wait a minute, what the heck, man? <laughs> um, one thing I love Darth Vader in this movie. Almost every line he had was fantastic. Almost everything he did was fantastic. There was one glaring exception for me on this one. Did he really have to crack the cheesy joke? Is that a Vader thing to do? Uh, you know, maybe he was trying out a stand-up, you know? <laughs> I just, that, I was like, oh. Like, that would be a groan-worthy joke coming from anybody, but coming from Vader, it just seemed wrong. He's like, look, there's going to be a new, you know, land in Disneyland. I want to have an old little, like, stand-up routine going for a bit, you know. I was trying out material. You know, stop giving me shit, Eric. <laughs> I find your lack in humor. You know. It's just, it's, it, it's not something that we'd ever seen from Darth before. It wasn't even something that we got from Anakin in the, preview, in the prequels, really. Um, <clears throat> it just wasn't his style. 
to to drop the cheesy dad joke. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional, like that was just something they decided to do to to try to break up the darkness of the character. Because other than that, this you don't get any lightness from Vader in this movie. You know, he is oh, yeah. the Darth Vader, the one that everybody's scared of. Um, and that scene in the hallway, holy crap. Uh, I did not see that coming. Uh, like the, the I, when, when that movie looking. was kind of ending and getting through that part, and then all of a sudden it was like that darkness that you just heard that, and then the lightsaber came out. It was like, oh, it's just going to end here. And then it was like, nope, I'm going to fuck some shit up. Dude, when he's just like tearing through those, like first he just stands there and he lets him get a couple of shots off and deflects him with his lightsaber like it's nothing. And then he starts walking through the hallway just slowly, purposefully, just kill this guy, kill that guy, throw this guy against the wall, pin this guy to the ceiling with the force while I kill these other two dudes. And then as an afterthought, I'm going to cut the dude on the ceiling on half. Like, just like, oh, oh, yeah, you're still there. (laughs) Not anymore. Um, the only thing I uh, I'm kind of curious about that did he like uh, blow all of his energy uh, like in that air you know in that little set because if this literally comes right from that to uh, you know New Hope he's all like everyone else do all my work I'm very tired I, I <laughs> that took a lot out of me I wasn't planning on really wasn't planning on doing much today uh, you know I drank a little bit last night I mean my Death Star just Listen, got completely I, I, I choked a guy this morning this afternoon I had to kill a bunch of guys in the hall I cut a dude in half for crying out loud can't you guys do anything. <sighs> He's like, I'm, I'm used to killing children. That's easy for me. That's, that's my level. These people are way too old. I, I shouldn't have to be slaughtering these, these old people. Um, yeah, no, but just the fact that he, he tears through all these people and then you hear the breathing, his breathing the entire time. Um, and yeah, he's obviously wearing a, a breathing regulator mask or whatever, but you would almost expect after that amount of energy expenditure for him to be breathing a little heavier or faster. But no, he's just yeah. still... <laughs> Well, that took a lot out of me, guys. I, I, I didn't expect that happening. Oh, <sighs> shit. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a badass scene, and seeing Vader just tear shit up like nobody's business was amazing. Yeah, that scene was um, legit. Sorry, I had to step away. My dog was throwing up. Oh, that's so crazy. My cat threw up last night. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, I too have an animal that once threw up at some point in its life. Well, I'm saying during this week, Eric. You know what? I hope one of your pets throws up then tomorrow. So, huh? Try to. Um, one of them's probably. No, that scene was right awesome. Now. And I kind of like when that was happening. I was like, oh, here we go. They're gonna tie it together. Which obviously we have the the rebel ship that goes and escapes, and then he eventually uh, will go back and track it, and we'll get where we are on episode four. So. Um, yeah, the, the way they tied that together was awesome. Yeah, yeah the end of this movie that, is uh, literally like five minutes before episode four starts. It's yeah. like boom, boom. Uh, one thing I do have to talk about is a lot of the uh, fight sequences and like battle scenes and stuff like that because there's a there is particularly the beach scene I thought was unique just because it's like we've always seen like certain battles that like play an homage, especially with like episode uh, you know seven where it's like we're in the. We're in the desert. We're in the uh, we're in the ice. You know, uh, part of the ice part of the planet, like Hoth and stuff. But actually seeing like a beachfront kind of battle yeah. with like stormtroopers and the- well, it's cool seeing like the ATATs in a yeah. different environment, yes. like romping through tropical um, 
foliage and stuff like that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And now that I think about it, like their data center, you know, with all that stuff, it was all like, yeah, they were like, we just want to build it on resorts as we really just like the beach. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're like, uh, basically it was Dubai is, is where this, there was planet Dubai. Um, but yeah, that was a, an amazing battle scene. And it's also one of those, it's one of those moments in the movie where you, you, know, you hear people talking about this being the first Star Wars movie where they actually acknowledge that the entire franchise is about war. And I don't necessarily believe that because we have had battle scenes. We've had a lot of aerial battle scenes and space battle scenes. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot on the ground, and it's usually been in machine. Even the, the battles that we have seen on the ground, like you said, at Hoth, were still aerial battles. <laughs> it was still, you know, little ships versus these big walkers instead of individuals necessarily. Um, yeah, so, like, I mean, some of the ground battles that we did get, uh, you know, was like, you know, on Endor with the Ewoks and stuff, but it wasn't like anything of this, like, scale, I would say. Yeah. Um, and if you compare it side by side, as somebody did uh, via GIF form I saw online, somebody compared the battle scenes from the prequels to the battle scenes in Rogue One, and it's mm-hmm. it's like night and day. It's like Saturday morning cartoon versus Saving Private Ryan. It's huge. Nice. The difference. Nice that you see between these, the, the tone of these films. Um, just fantastic. It, it really made it seem like an actual war movie while telling a good story that we know leads into an even better story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, but yeah, a lot of the battles they had in this uh, film, especially the one where it was, like, pretty much at the, you know, the old, like, you know, temples of the Jedi and stuff like that, just yeah. in that little marketplace that, like, the two sides going at each other and then them just kind of in the middle and then the stormtroopers, like, show up, like, just some of those, like, battles were just, like, like even in that, like, closed quarters, like, it literally wasn't that big of an open space, if you think about it with the the rest of, like, the marketplace and everything like that, but they still was, like, they brought a freaking tank in, there was all these, like, all this shit going on in just that little area, and you're like, holy crap, you know? Yeah, it was it was pretty intense, and we got a lot of good fight and battle scenes um, out of the film without a single lightsaber being lit up until the last five minutes of the film. Um, that's that's the like the one you get to the end, and Darth Vader's there with his lightsaber, and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, there's lightsabers in this series." What do you know? <laughs> oh yeah, that's um, a thing. <laughs> oh, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> And you didn't miss it up until that point. It's not like you were waiting the entire time. Like, oh, come on. Somebody's got to have a damn lightsaber around here. What the hell? All this talk about kyber crystals and not a single damn lightsaber? Um, <laughs> but no, you, you don't miss it. You don't. Yeah, and no. then when it's there, you're like, oh, yeah, awesome. But it's not something that you were, like, missing the entire film. No, yeah. I, that's what I was saying. I think they did a very good job of, like, they were like, the force is here and there is the still that, you know, stuff, but it wasn't, like, the main focus on everything. And they were still able to do this, like, kind of kick-ass story of, like, you know, this basically, if it literally, if this never happened, if these people did not, you know, successfully, you know, complete their mission, you know, the rest of the fucking movie franchise is fucked, you know. <laughs> uh, it is, um, it was a, a long way to go to close a fairly large plot hole that people have been complaining about since the original trilogy. Um, And that, of course, is the fact that this gigantic space station with the power to take out an entire planet could be taken out by a single torpedo in the wrong hole. People thought, this is just a glaring design flaw. How could they possibly have built this thing? Where are the quality control checkers here? Where, Where are the people whose job it is to make sure this kind of crap doesn't happen? Well, this movie tells you exactly what happened. The guy who designed the weapon wanted it to be destroyed and put a flaw 
for them to find that he hid well enough that most likely you can extrapolate that, okay, if the rebellion hadn't been told, here's the plans, there is a flaw. We just need to find it. They may not have found it themselves. If they didn't go into it knowing that there's, okay, somewhere in this reactor, they even knew it was having to do with the reactor, somewhere in this reactor, there's a, there's a flaw. Look for that. If they hadn't been told that and they'd just been given the plans, they may not have even found it. So it, it closes that little hole in the plot that people have been complaining about for a long time, which I never really gave a crap about. And I was like, you know what, people, we don't find out about design flaws until after things are out into the field all the time. I mean, come on, Samsung Note 7, anybody? Um, you know, it's <laughs> these things nice. happen in real life. Stuff gets well, out into the field. There's a story behind that, uh, Eric. Basically, there was somebody from who was leaving uh, the Samsung who was going to Apple. He's like, I'm going to put this little design flaw in the uh, the Samsung so they explode on planes. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you see product recalls and stuff, so you know things do get out into the field with flaws in them that aren't and found fair, in the design. To be fair. Do you think uh, if someone sent uh, you know Vader uh, you know recall slip for his Death Star? I don't think it would. They're like, this needs to be recalled. It's like, do you want to send it to him? I don't. Fuck that. Let's just say it's good. I don't want to be choked by that guy and then have him have a weird cheesy line about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it was never that big a deal for me, but I like the fact that you know they close that up with this movie, and that's a, another good thing about this film is that they're bringing into canon some of the stuff that was hinted at in some of the extended universe already. Um, it's kind of like in The Force Awakens when um, instead of trying to explain away Han saying that the Millennium Falcon made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, because originally that was just an error. Literally, George Lucas did not realize that a parsec was a unit of measurement that, that did not apply to time. <laughs> um, and so he used it because it was a space-sounding term. Well, they... You know, one of the novels actually made a great explanation as to how that actually was a thing. And I like how in The Force Awakens, they didn't shy away from it. They doubled down on it and had it brought up again. So I think that's fantastic that they're, while they're not including everything from the extended universe into the official canon, because that would be nearly impossible because there's just so much of it. They're not discounting all of it altogether either. They're bringing some of it in and they're using some of it. So I think that's really cool word <laughs> um yeah so uh let's uh um let's like uh i was about to say what are what are we like some of your guys's like favorite scenes or what like maybe through from like a surprise that like you didn't expect uh that was going to happen or just uh overall just did you enjoy the movie i guess <laughs> <laughs> no i hated yeah, I it think we, i think we said it at the top of the the episode we loved it I mean, yeah i thought it was amazing the scene I, I loved when vader fucked shit up i mean that was badass he got on there and just destroyed everything um k2so is awesome um and i thought the um uh Chirut and also his uh his buddy bays were He's legit i mean he had um basically a machine gun a laser machine gun yeah. which yes. was awesome and it was heavy duty and he wore really cool heavy duty armor and tore it up so those were my favorite yeah. parts yeah that guy was pretty badass um what was it Baze was his name but I don't yeah, recall Baze, if they, uh, they ever say Baze it or is that just his name <laughs> now it's been floating around because because of that scene at the end uh, where Shrewd is is dying because after he yeah he walks through the field of fire gets to the switch that needed to be thrown without being shot but then, 
after he throws the switch, he's not repeating his mantra anymore, and they're still shooting, and he gets shot, and he gets taken out. Um, and there's a scene where his friend is there holding him as he dies, and it's it's very uh, emotional. It's very they're very close, and there's a lot of people thinking that there was more to their relationship than just being friends. I'm of the opinion that who the hell cares? Um, yeah, who gives a shit? Obviously, it's like they're not going to go back and explore this storyline as to what their relationship is exactly. Uh, That's anymore. why you get on the Reddit and see the fan fiction. There you get, <laughs> yeah, right. You go, yeah. Get the fanfic. Okay, this is the other thing I get. Uh, I don't get with that kind of stuff. It's like I, like we said, we're all good with you know, man wants to be with a man, woman wants to be with a woman. That's fine. Everything's good. But I don't know why everyone always assumes like, up. Oh, it's like, can't they just be like really good fucking friends? Maybe they grew up together. Maybe there's like you know that history. But it's like, why does it always have to always end up to be like, no, nah, I bet they were lovers. They were boning. Listen, I, I don't have a problem with it all. If that's how no, it was written, it, if that's but I hate what how the, everyone keeps trying to do that. Yeah, the, that's the thing is that if if that's how it was written, if that's how they if, if the person who wrote the story said I'm writing these two as a couple, it's just that in the course of this movie, there's no time. There's no part of the story that involves them doing couplish things. They're just always together. And that's cool, too, because, you know, couples aren't always just making out all the time. You know, sometimes they're just hanging out. And so if that's what it was, great. I don't understand why it needs to be a big deal one way or the other. Because some people are all upset by it, like, oh, they, it was way too sensual at the end. I'm like, even if it was just friends, it's like that's people who have been together a significant portion of their lives and one of them's dying in the other's arms. Like, that is fucking emotional, regardless of whether your relationship is romantic or not. I was just so, about to say, prime example, what about Han Solo and Chewbacca here, for crying out loud? Right? And, you know what, if they're going to put a same-sex couple into the franchise, I would much rather it be these guys than this whole uh, people trying to force uh, the, the Finn and Poe thing going on. Like, that has much more of a uh, bro buddy type of yeah, like a vibe to it to me especially because they made it pretty damn clear that Finn is interested in Ray. like they made that pretty damn clear like I don't know who doesn't get this like he was very concerned with whether or not she had a boyfriend and he's always like wanting to, you know like come on he's in love <laughs> with Ray. like come on like come on how would you want to bet someone wrote like a fanfic where he's like do you have a boyfriend and she's like no, and he's like, damn it, I wanted to date the boyfriend. Oh, no, I have seen that theory. I've oh, literally shit. seen that theory because of the way he says it. Because he says, do you have a boyfriend, a cute boyfriend? Because he says that. Those were his lines in, in The Force Awakens. Because he specified whether or not the boyfriend was cute, people are like, oh, well, see, he wasn't interested in her. He wanted to know more about the boyfriend. I'm like, no, yeah. no. That's not what people do. Like I said, it's fine if that is in Rogue One. Like, those two were more than just really good friends and stuff like that. Uh, Like I said, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it takes away or adds anything to the story. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt anything with it. I just just don't know why. It's like, I'm just like, can't two guys just be, like, great friends? You'd think. You'd think. But no. I I I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't. I just thought since the guy, since Shrew, it's a blind warrior, that this guy was like his his buddy and, and sidekick and protector to make sure that um, he just had backup or yeah. whatnot. That's all I thought. So I mean, you know what? Fine. You know what? No, screw everybody. You want you you have your gay relationship in Star Wars. You know what it is? C three PO and R two D two, man. <laughs> hmm. 
and we're all fine with it. Speaking of which, great cameo by those two. Yeah, it was nice to, to yeah, see them cool. um, without them being shoehorned into the story. I was glad they didn't try to make them a bigger part of the story because I don't think that was necessary. Yeah, but just no. seeing them on screen was awesome. Yeah, just C-3PO just going like, oh, oh we never told anything again. I was like, shut up, you Brit. <laughs> <laughs> How about some of the other uh, cameos from the original uh, series? We had uh, Jimmy Smits as yes. Bill Organa again. Yep. Uh, from the from the prequels, uh, yeah, Leia's uh, adopted father, which I yep. thought was really kind of cool when he showed up. I was like, oh yeah. So it's it, it, whatever. That's what I actually I think I really like about this movie was the fact that it kind of ties. I mean, we all know everything ties together, but this was just another like here's another story, and we're really like we're we're definitely double knotting this entire shit together for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think it did a fantastic job. Um, I've seen some. Uh, complaints from people about different things that I just don't agree with like uh, my biggest complaint is the the CGI Tarkin that's my that's my biggest uh, issue and again it's not a big enough issue that it takes away from the movie for me it's just did they really have to go there with that but okay. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on board with you that's my only gripe with it everything else I thoroughly enjoyed but that was a damper again it doesn't ruin the movie it's just a damper for me okay see my biggest gripe was um uh, uh the basically like what I, I was going through from the trailer to the actual movie uh where they made it seem like like the rebels were like you're gonna be this small team that's gonna infiltrate like they planned it but it was more of like no, we're not going to do anything about this. And they were like, well, we need to do something about it. And they just kind of fucking left and did their own thing. So I was like, that was kind of, it was a really big gripe. It was just kind of a cool twist that I was like, oh, I, think I, that, I liked the fact that they were like, no, fuck you guys. We're going to go ahead and do this. Yeah, the, the trailers did make it seem more like the mission that they were on was the one that they were sent on in the first place. Yes. But the mission that she was sent on uh, by Mon Mothma was just to go talk to Sagarera. Yeah. That was that was the mission that she was chosen for and that, that she was broken out of prison for and everything. Like that was what she was tasked for and then she went on and did all this other stuff that was much more important. But uh yeah, I, I can understand why the 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 trailer for this movie was a bit deceptive because they didn't use so much of the stuff from the trailer. There there's scenes in the trailer that just didn't appear in the movie and I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just the way the editing took them when they started uh, to doing things. Most um, likely when it finally gets released, we'll probably get a bunch of deleted scenes of that stuff. So, Yeah, I believe so, because from what I understand, the original ending was actually quite different as well. I had read oh. somewhere that there was uh, quite a bit of difference to the original ending. Um, I didn't read any more about it, because I actually saw that before I saw the movie, so I didn't want to, uh, yeah. to ruin anything for myself, so I didn't read it, and then I haven't come across that story since. But, uh, yeah, if, if if you know what I'm talking about out there, you want to hit us up on uh, Facebooks or Twitters or whatever and let us know what you think, we'd definitely love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. So if you guys have seen the movie and everything like that, you want to drop us a line or whatnot and all that kind of cool stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, speaking of the ending, uh, like I said, it took me – I didn't realize everybody – you know, spoilers if you're still listening to this uh, – <laughs> died at the end. They got all the way through to this point. They're like, oh, crap, spoilers. What the hell? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just – Right. Just, you never know. There's just people who – people just find anything they want to complain about, you know, like CGI characters and – whatnot uh but (laughs) 
What? What? Did, what? Was that a dig at us? Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, because you guys had like so much problems with like the CGI Turkin. Wait, what movie are we talking about? A Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what I'm taking from this is that Steve is in a romantic relationship with CGI Tarkin. You know what I'm curious actually about is like I didn't notice a difference and maybe me being colorblind, it just looked exactly the same to me but like everybody else in the film. So I was just like fine with it. Maybe that, maybe that does have something to do with it. Maybe. Um, because yeah, it could be because like it was – it was like night and day. It was like, oh, yep. Okay, yeah. Alrighty. I thought it looked. When he was, was by like, himself, was, it was like, okay, crap. you know, I know it's CGI because I know that guy is dead. No, I knew um, that too. But then when he was standing, when he turns around and he's standing next to Krennic, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's a real person. That's not. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think uh, I, I enjoyed the movie. I definitely want to see it again. Yeah. Um, see a bunch of stuff that I either I missed or whatnot, because apparently there's a shit ton of Easter eggs in there. Actually, that's actually one I wanted to talk about. Uh, it was a very quick scene. I could completely wrong. I could be completely wrong because I'm not sure. Uh, it was basically they're running through the marketplace. And <laughs> I know exactly quick... what you're talking about. Do you? He doesn't like you. Oh, I no, don't like guy. you. <laughs> oh, actually, it's not that one. Those guys were in the in the marketplace. Yeah, they were in the, canta- the cantina. Yeah, yeah the, the guys yeah. from the cantina in the original trilogy, that yep. the one loses his arm. Yeah, uh, no, Whoa! I thought There's that, another interesting no, fan theory about like, those two funny. actually. What? But the the one I'm talking about, like I said, it's a very quick scene, and I don't know if it's true or not. It just looked like that to me. But it pans over at one point, and it's only the back of a character, but the jacket and the alien that it looks like it looks like Greedo. Okay, hmm. I I didn't catch I didn't I catch that. Greedo. That that's what I'm saying. It's a very quick scene, but it literally is like him, like like his back is facing. Like when you look at it, it's the back facing you, and he's like working on a ship or something like that. But it literally looks like the that jacket that he wears, and then it looks like one of those alien creatures. It's like she looks over, you see that, and then she turns back because the guy's like, "Hey, we got to go this way or whatnot." So I don't know if that is him or not, or if that's a little thing. But I was just like, I saw that, I was all like, "Okay, am I the only one that saw this, or am I just batshit crazy?" Because like. That's just really obscure to have that character just randomly there. I didn't, uh, I didn't see it, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because, like I said, those, those other two from the from the cantina were there. So yep. we know that some of the people that were in that area end up in Tatooine. Uh, so those people must have gotten off. Now there was a, like I said, there was a fan theory about those two mm-hmm. being actually Imperial spies. Oh, because they're the the same sex relationship. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say that makes sense. That, to that me. makes sense too. I mean, it makes just as much sense, honestly. I mean, a friend we doesn't like you, so he's not inviting you back to our place for sex. Um, what were you? What were the fan theory? The, the fan theory is that those two are actually imperial spies sent okay. that were specifically sent there to try to infiltrate uh, Sagrera's organization as quote unquote wanted refugees because they've got the death system, the death penalty on twelve systems. Um, and the fact that they got out of there because they were there and then the that place was destroyed them. immediately after they said we've we've pulled all imperial troops out of the area or uh, what did they say they said we pulled all imperial assets out of the area or something to that effect before they blew it up oh um, yeah when they were and since back, those guys yeah, obviously right. made it to Tatooine that means they had to leave before that happened so oh, were they tipped sick. off? Did the Empire say, "Hey, guys, we're about to we're about to do some stuff"? So you might want to oh the glory of skedaddle. the <laughs> You might want to get out of here. Um, so that's the again just a fan theory. Um, who knows if something will you know, 
it most likely was just a matter of uh, the director wanted to be like, hey, let's here's a place where we could throw some familiar characters in for the diehards. And I'm fine with that, too, quite honestly. I thought the fan service in this movie was very, very well done. It yes. wasn't yeah. glaring and blatant in your face. We're just going to uh, show you some things you remember to distract you from how bad a movie this is. Like uh, a glaring example of that would be in the James Bond universe, uh, Die Another Day. Just an awful movie. And every five seconds they try to throw something in your face from one of the older movies. And it's just like, look, look, you remember? Remember when these were good? Here, remember? have this thing that, that shows you. Remember, remember? remember when you liked this one? See this? I remember. Remember <clears throat> when James Bond was good? Right? That's, that's fan service done wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie did fan service right, I think. No, and that and that does happen where they try to like, hey, this was the this is what you're used to, so we're just going to try to throw that in your face. But all in all, yes, um, Rogue One. Um, I'm looking forward to getting this when it comes out on Blu-ray, DVD, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, definitely want to check it out again in theaters because yes. uh, then I won't be so like following the story and like I mean I'll still follow the story, but you'll be more inclined to be like checking out all the background kind of stuff and different things so yeah totally so i gotta ask you guys now we have officially eight star wars movies eight star wars franchise star wars movies mm-hmm. um how do you rank them Ooh, eight to eight. one <clears throat> mm. going going from bottom bottom of the barrel up to the best how would you rank them Ooh, um Let's see. Um, I would say probably bottom of the barrel to me is probably going to be uh, episode two, Clone Wars, or Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Okay. Uh, Number two, probably with that, is going to be um, another one of the prequels. I I can't decide. uh, Probably Revenge of the Sith. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I I enjoyed Phantom Menace just because of Darth Maul. I thought was a badass character, but other than that... uh, I mean, Anakin Skywalker as a teenager was still a whiny little bitch, so he's at the bottom. Um, yeah, so yeah, then I think number the the next one up from that would be yeah, obviously Phantom Menace, and then uh, definitely going to be Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, then I would have to probably say Star Wars: A New Hope. Uh, I definitely have to say probably Rogue One is now probably one of the top threes, and then probably. Uh, What's it called? Uh, episode seven, uh, Force Awakens, and number one for me is definitely has always been Empire Strikes Back. Okay, my list would uh, start out at the bottom of the barrel with Episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, just so few redeeming qualities to that film. <laughs> Especially when Yoda shows up and he just jumps around like a monkey. You're like, what the fuck is this? That was in that was in Revenge of the Sith. So that no. was oh, that was in both of them. He did it first in uh, Attack of the Clones. He didn't do it as he, Revenge of the Sith was when it was actually like somewhat fun. Um, so, but bottom of the barrel for me is Episode Two. From there, uh, Episode One, because okay. ugh, just the only reason <laughs> it's above Episode Two is Darth Maul. But Darth Maul, with all his awesomeness, still went out like a punk bitch. So yeah, I, I can't really can't really hang too much on him. Uh, from there, episode three, um, again, only these three are very, very close. Episode three is just a little bit more fun than the other two, I think. And a lot of that has to do with at least we get to see Yoda jumping around like a maniac with a lightsaber, which is at least entertaining. Um, I threw the whole Senate at him. No, <laughs> uh, uh, next one up from there would be uh, episode six. And then I would jump to episode four, New Hope, and then to 
episode five kind of goes in a weird order that way uh from there i would say rogue one and then uh for me top of the list is uh force awakens episode seven um i'd say episode two bottom um and then moving up it's kind of, unfortunately the it'd be episode two bottom episode one after that episode three after that um we'll go episode six episode four uh then we'll go rogue one we'll go force awakens and my top is empire all right um yes he agrees with me therefore we are right no i have the the tricky part is like was balancing which one of the first trilogy was the worst right (laughs) like they're the bottom three but um, which is funny because actually they've been on TV recently. Like it's been Star mm-hmm. Wars all the time on oh, like yeah. TNT. So I've actually watched them quite a bit. And for one, I forgot Jar Jar Binks was in Phantom Menace. <laughs> Misa, fuck you. Um, there Misa, were a horrible parts character. Of that movie that I enjoyed. The pod racing scene, I really enjoyed. Darth Maul, I enjoy. It's just unfortunate he's in the movie for like three minutes. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, I mean. Attack of the Clones just fucking sucks. Um, then episode three is good, um, but it still has its flaws. But, I mean, the CGI and shit in those movies, it looks horrible. It's already yeah. dated. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. nuts. He, he went well, At the time watching much. him, you were like, oh, my gosh, this, look, this looks really, really good. And now it's just, whoa, dude. Like, yeah. nope, does not hold up. When you when you see what they can accomplish with a mixture of practical and CGI, as opposed to Lucas was trying to go all CGI, and you can tell it's not just in the CGI that it's a problem; it becomes a problem for the actors also. You see quite a right. few times where the action, the the actual acting, doesn't seem quite right, and you go back it's and like look flat. at interviews with them, and they're like, "It was so hard to do ninety percent of our acting against nothing." We had no background. We were on a green screen all the damn time. 90% of our talking time was to things that weren't there. Um, you know, it's it's very hard to act against nothing. And that's it, it comes out. I mean, you have actors that should be really good. You know, you have Ewan McGregor and you have Liam Neeson. You have these actors that are phenomenal actors and they come across as flat and unrealistic and just unconvincing. You know there's a problem there. Um, th- these aren't bad actors that you're working with. They're, you should be able to get more out of them, and and that was all Lucas. I mean, uh, I, I love him for bringing us the franchise originally, but man, did he try to kill it? Well, you you set a big point with the practical effects. Now that we have both The Force Awakens and Rogue One that are utilizing practical effects in the same aspect, you can tell the difference, and it really does add a lot. It makes it more lively and and real and. Uh, I mean, I can't wait for episode eight, man. Oh, I mean, The Force God. Awakens just like totally rejuvenized myself, like with them. I love Star Wars, always have, always will. But like, it came back and I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes. And now that we have Rogue One, like, we get eight next year. It's, it's I, just I back. like that they're I giving us wait. something every Fucking year, basically. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's just without a great rushing. thing because it's like we've been without it for so long. And, you know, after getting like those first like, you know, prequel movies and how like disappointed, you know, you kind of got with that because you're like you had you had a great idea and you knew what you wanted to do with it. But instead, you, it's like I think George Lucas just hated actors 
at that point. And if he if he literally had the chance, he probably would have just done CGI throughout the entire thing. Well, I just I think he had. You know, he's sitting there watching of what and he seeing wanted, the Tarkin scenes and going like, "See, that's just, what I wanted." I think he he had an envision of what he wanted to do, and he attempted to make it right, and he kept on fucking it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, even, like, going back and adding all the CGI to the original trilogy and stuff, it's like, uh, no. Like, now, unfortunately, unless you own copies of the originals, yeah. you're tarnished because now you always live with this shit. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Which is so weird. Like, I understand where he wanted to use, like, some, like certain things he did with the original ones I was okay with. Like, there's a part where, um, because I know it wasn't really, like, anything that was like a long scene like you know when Jabba's talking with Han Solo kind of thing you can clearly tell like okay this is definitely CGI and this is a real person like one of the scenes was in the original one is like they go running through the hallway on the Death Star and there's like a couple of stormtroopers and then he turns around and runs away but then the new CGI when he runs down the hallway there's a shit ton of stormtroopers so it made more sense for him to run back <laughs> you're like okay I get that because it's like you were just you just took out like five of them and you ran down the hall and there was like three of them and then you tra- you turn around running back so you to go down a hallway and there's a shit ton of them now it makes a little bit more sense a so little stuff like that I was like okay that 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 doesn't hurt anything, but when you're just like, everything needs to be CGI now, you're just like, uh, I can kind of tell because this is in the 70s and this is 2000-something. Yeah. That was a, a big thing. Another was the fact that the, the prequels looked so much newer and, like, all the technology and stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. We've got better effects now and such, but, hey, just because you can make it look more futuristic, you're still telling a story that's happening in the past. Like, we've got all that technology now, and yet they still managed to make Rogue One look like it fit in with that universe without being cheesy. So well, even with, uh, like, like, A New Hope, like you're saying, like that, like, everything in that movie, like, yeah, it's all futuristic, but a lot of the stuff is, like, broken down, beaten down, like, they so they didn't make that, like, freshly new either. So, yeah, that was another big problem with, like, the prequels. It's like, everything's shiny and new. Yeah. There's, the prequels had a lot of issues, and like I said, it, it nearly killed the franchise. I mean, we almost didn't get anything except extended universe stuff for for how many years before they finally were able to pry the rights from his hands and be like, "Let us, let us make this movie. Let us do this, George, please." Um, and they finally had to throw literally billions of dollars at him, and. Uh, Hey, I'm I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. Me as well. Me as well. Now I just can't wait for the Young Yoda movie where he's like, "Hmm, bitches, Vegas, we go." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what's next? We get uh, episode eight, obviously, and then uh, the Han Solo standalone, the Young Han yeah, Solo flick. Is actually, to be the not one after kidding. That. There actually is a rumor of a Young Yoda movie. I don't know if it's true or just rumors. And then there's also the 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 the, the Boba Fett, uh, you know, stuff. The Boba Fett uh, movie they want to do. I don't know if that's even real too. There's like so many rumors going around that I don't even know what's they're I, actually. Like, I almost Disney's hope they don't. On doing or not doing simply because you know, like Boba Fett, his his legacy has been made really cool. But if you actually go back and watch those original movies, he was kind of a bitch. Right. Like oh, no. you only see him for like one scene. It's him uh, not getting what he wants, and then 
you see him get, he's got a freaking jetpack and rockets on his wrists and stuff and he still manages to get knocked into a sarlacc pit like dude like you're not very good at this are you dude i'm just a bounty hunter man chill i think what really spoke <laughs> people to him was the fact that he was a bounty hunter you know that's his backstory. The fact that his outfit was probably like cool looking. That was about it, I think. And then when you actually look at all the stuff that he actually did, it's like oh, he didn't really do much. Yeah, I mean they can do, like once we get his standalone movie or whatnot, they might be able to tear it up. Like oh, I, yeah. I'm a fan of both. That I love it. I love the Mandalorian and armor, and he's just he oozes cool in my opinion. But yeah, the the backstory um, they've given his him backstory sense. is a little weak. Yes. Yeah, you know, the, basically everything they've done for him in the extended universe is is great, because yes. they've they've justified his badassness. Uh, you the know. issue with that though is the casual fan doesn't understand and know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but they know who Boba Fett is because it's Boba Fett. Because he had a cool helmet. That's what it comes down to. Chicks dig the helmet. And he's got the Slave One. Fucking love that shit. Oh, that's a bad like shit to play that uh, uh, MC Chris rap about Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, it's gonna take me a while to find it, so keep talking. I was, I was, I was just, gonna I be like, cut the silence. I thought you, I was just wanting to <laughs> boom, like, get can, right into it. I can close it out with that song if you want. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, just all did around. Did you guys I mean, stick around until the end? I did. I did not. I didn't because I Googled. <laughs> I figured there probably wouldn't be anything because there typically isn't in, uh, you never know, in Star Wars. But exactly. So that's why we did stay. We stayed until the lights came up and there is nothing after the, tr- after the credits. Wouldn't that be funny if that's where they used the, with the rebellion. Yeah. We rebel. <laughs> be like, oh, finally. Yeah. I waited. I waited all two and some odd hours for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally! Um, did you guys get popcorn? I did. I, yes, I got a popcorn. I got a soda. I got a box of bunch of crunch. I was set. I did Eric, not get any popcorn? bunch of crunch. I did get. Uh, I did get popcorn. I was drinking water, um, but uh, I did get some popcorn. I got the the white cheddar flavor powder stuff to to put on it, and it was delicious. I uh, I got popcorn. And I got Gatorade. Um, yeah, that's it. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, it was, um, uh, you know what the perfect... That was like my breakfast, actually. That, yeah, it was my breakfast, too. I literally was like, oh, shit, we got to go see Rogue One. And then I was like eating breakfast, uh, popcorn and shit like that. It was good. Yeah, that, that vendor, that has been two, two years in a row. So they made the announcement that as long as they keep on making Star Wars movies, they're going to keep on doing that. Oh, so. that's awesome, yeah. So Sweet. I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it again next year. Cool. I think what would have been the perfect after credit scene had they wanted to do one would have been uh, just just a quick scene, a few seconds of them showing K2SO being repaired. That would have made Oh, me that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> that would have made me I think me he's happy. out, though, man. I think he's gone. Yeah. Well, you know, I think he, it was a one and done. He, he's he not in any of, the, uh, he's in any of the movies, so... <sighs> You know, there could always be the uh, there could always be the movie where they capture him and reprogram him. Maybe uh, here, here's Maybe. what I'm thinking: is that before he died, he was able to download his consciousness into his whatever his programming into the computer system, 
And in one of the future movies, in episode eight or something like that, they come across the ruins of this planet where they had and he's all this stuff. Arnold. And they find he's Arnold. <laughs> West fucking world. Hell yeah. He's Arnold from Westworld. Hell yeah. And they find sorry, a, a piece of a piece of coding and then when they're like, I think this is a I think this is a droid's uh, programming file. Let's let's throw it into a droid and see what happens and boom. K 2s back. <laughs> a man can dream. K 2s back. <laughs> back again. <laughs> K 2s back. Sally. Tell a friend. <laughs> K2's back. K2's back. K2's back. K2's back. There's there's no end to how happy that would make me. I created a monster because I'm not K2 anymore. Yeah. So is this going to wrap up this episode? I think so. And let's see. You got any parting words? Uh, no, I don't. I guess uh, as go see the movie. Give them your money. Again. Go see the movie. Uh, don't forget to check out all the other great shows on our network. But uh, as I like to, as my sister pointed it out to me, which I thought was always funny, where they always say, "May the force be with you." We we made it like the religion. So may the force be with you, and also and with and your spirit. With you. <laughs> they, they've changed it. It's and with your spirit now. So oh, and with your spirit now. May the force be with you. Yes. And with your spirit. And with your spirit. I'm one with the force. Bye. Force is with me. I need to. I need to eat dinner. Yeah, I'm so hungry. Bye, Eric. Bye. in my DeLorean. War's over. I'm on peacetime and DeLorean. Historians dumb. Star Wars historians deep in the faith, but they play at Benegas. I'm renegade. Show them penetrating first and second defense. I won't hesitate. Got a job to do when Darth Sigaba delegates. Got something against Skywalker. Someone he really hates. I don't give a fuck. I'm at your solo for all I care. It could be high at Yoda's dojo. Gotta make the money. Credit's no good when a job is trying to shop in your neighborhood. Think you can cook? I got a grappling hook. Let's make this quick, cause I'm really booked. I'm a devious degenerate defender of the devil. Shut down all the trash compactors on the detention level. My backpacks got jets. Well, I'm Boba. All that fat. Well, I bounty hunt for Jabba Hut to finance my bet. Well, I chill in deep space. I'm masking over my face. Well, I deliver the prize, but I still narrow my eyes. Cause my time, I don't like to waste. Get down. I'm a question, rep inside enigma. Get inside a slave one, find your